Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast, now the number 10 rated Petersburg Parish podcast. <laughs> oh, I was like, where are you going with that? Yeah. <laughs> number 10 rated. I don't know. Uh-oh. We yeah. have a gallery, or we have a peanut gallery today. I'm sorry. We do have a little bit of a, a uh-huh. peanut gallery. Sorry. Your son is with us, he huh? Yes, he is with us again. Oh, I said peanut. We had an issue with a peanut in our house recently. He's got an allergy. I didn't mean to say peanut gallery. But anyway, he's with me today to keep him extra safe and uh, away from traumatized babysitters. Right. So anyway, I do apologize if you hear his giggling, but he thinks Father Sean's really funny. So he's already been laughing this whole time. Yeah. You know, it's nice to have have somebody laugh at my jokes out of more than just pity. Yeah. So I I appreciate it having him here. Right. But anyway, it's good to hear that we are the top 10 rated podcast in Petersburg Parish region. Right. 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 What are those other 10? Well, tune in next time to find out. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. What's new in your world? Everything. Yeah? Everything's new. I don't but, know. Really? I don't know. Nothing. Not, I mean, not much. Um, yeah. We just, it's just getting to be the pastor of these parishes. All mm-hmm. sorts of joy, all sorts of excitement. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord's just abundant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have exciting things coming up in the parish next week. You got that if right. If you're actually listening to this as it's released on mm-hmm. Friday. What is this, Friday? It, it would be the 20-something. 20-something of January. Right. <laughs> But that so the following week, last couple of days of January, first couple of days of February, we have something very exciting going on in the parishes here. I, I think you should tell a Eucharistic festival. Yeah, yeah. It's like what is that? Mm-hmm. Ah, glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the bishops of the United States are doing a three year Eucharistic revival to renew our faith, our devotion, our love for Jesus present in the Eucharist. And one of the initiative initiatives the bishops of the United States started was to have two relics travel the United States of uh, St. Manuel Garcia Gonzalez, or Gonzalez Garcia. I, it just keeps getting mixed up with that. And Blessed Carlo Acutis. So that Gonzalo is... Gonzalo Garcia, okay. Okay, yeah, Gonzalez Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just super exciting. So these are two uh, saints who had a deep devotion for Christ in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Not that any saint doesn't, but mm-hmm. they especially do in, in more recent saints. And so their relics are traveling the country, and they're stopping in our parishes next week. And we thought they'll be here for a week. What a great opportunity to have a whole festival, yeah. right? So it's going to be awesome. We're going to have talks about what are relics, about these saints, about the Eucharist. We've got some religious sisters who their communities are dedicated to adoration to talk to us about adoration. Mm-hmm. Um, it we got a bunch of school groups coming during the day to venerate the relics, and then we have a whole display of Eucharistic miracles. So you know we've talked a time or two about Eucharistic yeah. miracles. So um, it it is going to be the bomb.com. <laughs> So if someone's listening and catching this before it's over, mm-hmm. like where would they go to like see the details of that? You go to our parish website, petersburgparishes.org. There'll be a link with Blessed Carlo's picture on it. So mm-hmm. you can click that and you can mm-hmm. get all the details there. Right. All right. Yeah. So when the talks are Holy Mass in the evening, I yeah, saw. Yeah, bonus Mass. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And these talks and everything. Yeah. And then, of course, we threw the dart last week. I was questioning you at the end of the episode. Do you remember that? I was questioning you about, hey, when we see this word economy, what does this mean? Yeah. And you were explaining that to us last week, and then you threw the dart, and we landed where? The Eucharist in the economy, what? which like linked... Last week's conversation about the economy right. and this week, upcoming week about the Eucharist. Right. What? Mind blown. I mean, throw the dart. But another hand guides Another it. hand guides it. Except that one time where I threw the oh. dart and I, we went to the place that we wanted to talk about. Right. We did remove the dart you know? and moved it. Okay. But that was just one time. Yeah. It was just that one time. 
Okay. So that is what we're talking about. And it seems fitting to say that too, since we have this Eucharistic festival going on mm-hmm. next week, we are going to take a week off from recording this. Remember that? Plus I'm going to be out of town. It just going to work better. It is. So this will be the last episode for a couple weeks, last new episode for a couple right. weeks here. We'll give those other top 10 podcasts of Petersburg Parish region right. an opportunity to you know, keep sharing their thing. We'll let numbers 11 through 20, see if they can catch us. Oh, How about okay. That? That's better. How about yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll let them do that. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm ready to talk about this. Are you ready to talk about this? I, I was born ready to All talk right. about the Eucharist. Shall we pray? I think so. In the name of the father, the son, the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for this incredible gift of the Eucharist. We ask that you may guide this conversation about the Eucharist, that we may always be, in awe of the way you have prepared us to receive this gift, how you've prepared your people to have their lives animated by the Eucharist, and how you've prepared us to meet you at the altar. We entrust this time into your hands. We ask that you may guide this podcast and all those listening to it through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we are, we're near the... top or near the front of the section on the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So you think about the Eucharist um, talks about just general. There's a section about the Eucharist, the source and summit of life, the different names of the Eucharist. And then we get to this. So this is really like the Eucharist in scripture, this mm-hmm. part. And remember the Eucharist is in the sacrament section, which is the second part of the catechism. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're just basically the Eucharist in scripture, old Testament, new Testament, um, Yep. In the economy of salvation. Right. One more time, just the brief overview. What does that mean when we say that? Right, like it's in time. So right. how the Eucharist has been unfolded over time from creation, right? The elements of bread and wine, all the way really until preparing us for the second coming of Christ. Okay, okay. So beginning in paragraph 1333, we're going to wrap up in paragraph 1344. 1333, at the heart of the Eucharistic celebration are the bread and wine that, by the words of Christ and the invocation of the Holy Spirit, become Christ's body and blood. Faithful to the Lord's command, the church continues to do, in his memory and until his glorious return, what he did on the eve of his passion. He took bread, he took the cup filled with wine. Should I stop there or continue? This is a longer paragraph. Um, I think you should keep going. All right, continuing. Yeah. The signs of bread and wine become, in a way, surpassing understanding the body and blood of Christ. They continue also to signify the goodness of creation. Thus, in the offertory, we give thanks to the Creator for bread and wine, fruit of the work of human hands, but above all, as fruit of the earth and of the vine, gifts of the Creator. The church sees in the gesture of the king priest Melchizedek, who brought out bread and wine, a prefiguring of her own offering. Right, so so it quotes the words from Mass. You know, blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands will become for us the bread of life. Mm-hmm. So just to, uh, this r- reminder that it's it's it, this all begins in creation, mm-hmm. where Christ gives these very simple elements. You think wheat, you think grapes. Like there's nothing more ordinary, especially in, in Middle Eastern culture, uh, than just like bread and wine. It's just everyday items, right? It's not... It's not T-bone steak and some, you know, fancy kombucha or whatever it is. It's just, it is, uh, it's just the ordinary Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. of creation. So we give thanks to God, the creator who's provided this for us. Mm -hmm. So that's how we get started in creation in Genesis. Mm -hmm. God's preparing us for the Eucharist. 
Okay. And by the way, there this this uh, section has three different subtitles, the signs of bread and wine, which is what we're talking about now, the institution of the Eucharist, and then, of course, quoting Jesus's words, do this in memory of me. So that's how this is broken down. In the Old Covenant, continuing in paragraph 1334, in the Old Covenant, bread and wine were offered in sacrifice among the first fruits of the earth as a sign of grateful acknowledgement to the Creator. But they also received a new significance in the context of the Exodus. The unleavened bread that Israel eats every year at Passover commemorates the haste of the departure that liberated them from Egypt. The remembrance of the manna in the desert will always recall to Israel that it lives by the bread of the word of God. Their daily bread is the fruit of the promised land, the pledge of God's faithfulness to his promises. The cup of blessing at the end of the Jewish Passover meal adds to the festive joy of wine an eschatological dimension the messianic expectation of the rebuilding of Jerusalem. When Jesus instituted the Eucharist, he gave a new and definitive meaning to the blessing of the bread and the cup. So we're talking about the Old Covenant, what's going on with the Exodus, with the cup of blessing at the Jewish Passover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before that, talking. so we're going Exodus, right? That's the whole Passover. You remember the the angel passing over because you got the blood of the lamb on the door lentils. All the firstborns in Egypt are killed, and then the people hightail it out of there. Uh, but when the people are leaving, right, their, their bread hadn't been leavened, so they got all this unleavened bread. They're packing away and, and getting their cakes with them, and, um, and off they go. So the, the, this like food for the journey, right? The manna is mm-hmm. this food that they're eating as they're wandering in the desert. So like Jesus is building upon this as, you know, this is the building blocks of the Eucharist because the Eucharist is our daily bread, is our, um, is our you know, the, the like literal translation of the Our Father, our super substantial bread mm. um, that he nourishes us, that he feeds us. So this like, mm. so it's like, right, Jesus, our God preparing to give us the Eucharist, but this whole Exodus story, whether it's the manna or whether it's the cup of blessing from the Passover meal, like he's, mm. he's, uh, he's planting seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what we call typology too, right? That the, the Eucharist fulfills the a Passover meal Mm -hmm. and the Passover meal prefigures the Eucharist. So there's this, yeah, interlocking between the, between the old and new Testament. Right. Which is just like, man, somebody had to plan this, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't all by a happenstance. (laughs) Not a one big coinkadink. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, continuing here, well, we, in 1335, the miracles of the multiplication of the loaves, when the Lord says the blessing breaks and distributes the loaves through his disciples to feed the multitude, prefigure the superabundance of this unique bread of his Eucharist. The sign of water turned into wine at Cana already announces the hour of Jesus' glorification. It makes manifest the fulfillment of the wedding feast in the Father's kingdom, where the faithful will drink the new wine that has become the blood of Christ. So not only was it prepared for in the Old Testament, but in Jesus' ministry, he prepares to give the Eucharist. So the multiplication of the loaves and fish show this abundance of the bread, right? There's leftover. There's 5,000 people feed, and there's still more. So it's not like, man, Jesus doesn't have enough grace to give us in the Eucharist. No, there's more than we could ever possibly imagine. Mm. And I think we had a, during the year of the Eucharist, we had a whole podcast about the multiplication of the loaves. Mm -hmm. And you see like the verbs in there. You know, when Jesus multiplies the loaves, he he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and then gave it to the disciples. Like those same verbs, take, bless, broke, gave, mm-hmm. those are the same things that happen at the Last Supper, mm-hmm. the same verbs. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then the wedding, the, the wedding feast at Cana, right? Jesus gives this blood, right? First of all, there's a transformation from ordinary wa- water, which mm-hmm. is just like, you know, mm-hmm. that's everywhere, mm-hmm. hopefully. And then, and then that gets transformed into wine. And mm-hmm. that's this kind of significant uh, preparation again for where his, his blood is going to, or the wine's going to get transformed to his blood. Okay. Yeah. Good. And you even see like in that one, this really cool, you know, it starts the story of the wedding feast at Cana. On the third day, there was a wedding at Canaan. Wait, wait a minute. Something else happened on the third day. Mm. The resurrection. In mm. case you didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's good. I'm here to help. <clears throat> I'm glad that wasn't quiz show time. <laughs> yeah. How many days was Jesus in the tomb? Oh, I might have had to turn to my son and ask him. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere between two and four. Um, okay. So this next paragraph, I loved it. Did you? Oh. The first announcements of the Eucharist divided the disciples. Well, I don't love that it divides people, yeah, but I love yeah. that it's true. <laughs> I love that it's true. Sure. It's true. The first announcement of the Eucharist divided the disciples, just as the announcement of the Passion scandalized them. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? The Eucharist and the cross are stumbling blocks. It is the same mystery, and it never ceases to be an occasion of division. Will you also go away? That's, of course, quoting Jesus's words to the disciples. The Lord's question echoes through the ages as a loving invitation to to discover that only he has the words of eternal life and that to receive in faith the gift of the Eucharist is to receive the Lord himself. So I don't I don't love the fact that this is a reality, that it's a mystery that's so profound mm-hmm. that we can't wrap our heads around it and that it divides us and pulls us away sure. from, Christ, uh, from Christ. But I love it in the fact that it, it is so mysterious that it has that ability to do that, like to draw that line, I guess, right. in the sand. Right. Like this this is beyond you. It's beyond what you're able of understanding. You need faith in order to enter into this mystery and to believe. Um, and it's it's created this division because people, you know, it's showing where our hearts are, I right. guess, that we're unable to believe in that or have that faith to believe in it. Yeah. You think about things that separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Mm-hmm. Like it separates and not, not because it's, you know, wants to say some people are good, some people are bad, but it's, it, what it does is it's, it's so profound mm-hmm. and it's so like transformative that it's it like, if you can't accept it, it's like a deal breaker, yes, right? Exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. like, it's like something that's so profound that it, it really causes you, it compels us to either make a decision one way or another. You can't remain indifferent to it. Um, and that's what's really kind of striking about the Eucharist. Like mm-hmm. either it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ and we have to give our whole lives to it and we have to cling to it and we have to thirst for it mm-hmm. or it's not mm-hmm. and we should actually be scandalized by it and we should be revolted by it. Mm-hmm. Like there's really no middle ground mm-hmm. when it comes to Jesus really present in the Eucharist. It's not like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Either it is or it isn't. Mm-hmm. And and that has the ability to divide us, mm-hmm. which but you know, it's that Luke, it it's that lukewarmness. I think you know that we that we read about in scripture. You know, I, I mm-hmm. wish you were hot or that you were cold, right? Right. But since you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. That that I think that's from the Old Testament. Yeah. But um, but it it like you said, it it leaves you. It's so profound. It's such a profound mm-hmm. of a mystery that it leaves you where you you can't be lukewarm. Yeah. Like either be cold or be hot. And if you're cold and you want to be hot, well, just admit it. You know, I want to understand sure. it, but I don't yet. Right. And struggle with that. Be willing yeah. to struggle be with on that. that struggle bus. Mm-hmm. And even the even the the reality that the announcement of the passion when Jesus was announcing his passion to his disciples, it was scandalizing right. and, or scandalizing them. You know, Peter was saying basically, not on my watch. Right. Is this going to happen to you? Yeah. Right. Um, and so yeah. to to recognize too that that's that that 
mystery of the cross and that suffering in this world is a mystery that's beyond our understanding that we can it can scandalize us. We say, well, if God is a good God, then suffering wouldn't exist. So I can't believe that God is a good God. It has the ability to be that profound of a mystery. And yet when you allow yourself in faith um, and reason, of course, to enter into it, like, wow, it can become a transformative experience mm-hmm. of actually, oh, this Christianity, there's something to it. Right. <laughs> right. It's got some teeth to it. Right, right. So again, the next few paragraphs then are um, the section of the actual institution of the Eucharist um, and where we're, where we're getting that. The first is uh, the Lord, having loved those who were his own, loved them to the end, knowing that the hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. In the course of a meal, he washed their feet and gave them the commandment of love in order to leave them a pledge of this love, in order never to depart from his own and to make them sharers in his Passover, he instituted the Eucharist as the memorial of his death and resurrection and commanded his apostles to celebrate it until his return. Thereby he constituted them priests of the New Testament. You know, there's really like profound things that happens on deathbeds. Mm -hmm. You know, like when, you know, I'm thinking like those, those moments, like people give their last you know, their last message, right? Mm -hmm. Whether they tell somebody that they care for them, that they love them, or, you know, like whether they give them a gift on their deathbed. And you think about those last moments are always etched, etched in our memory. Mm -hmm. And that's what our Lord's doing, right? Like, okay, how is his life, his ministry, his love going to be perpetuated amongst his followers? Mm -hmm. Well, he gives them the Eucharist, right? This is the night before he dies Mm -hmm. that he, he does this. And so that, that gives this sense of like profundity to it, that Mm -hmm. this is, this is the last thing the Lord wants to leave his disciples with. Right. And this is, this is, um, this is it for his, and it's for their, for his love to be perpetuated amongst the disciples, which of course is the church. Mm -hmm. So we got to pay attention to that. Right. The pledge of his love never to depart from his own makes us shares in his past. He institutes it as a memorial of his death and then commands him to celebrate it. Do yeah. this in memory right. of me, which is what we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, right. So this next paragraph talks about um, the synoptic gospels and then St. Paul have handed on to us the account of this institution of the Eucharist. St. John in his gospel reports the words of Jesus in the synagogue of Capernaum that prepare for the institution of the Eucharist. Christ calls himself the bread of life come down from heaven. Yeah. So it's like first Corinthians, Paul talks about, I've handed down what I've also received that on the night, you know, and then Mm -hmm. he goes through the whole Mm -hmm. uh, account of the institution. Mm -hmm. So we had another podcast about that during the Mm -hmm. year of the Eucharist, the Mm -hmm. different, Mm -hmm. the different uh, things in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And then that just, the next paragraph gives another kind of recounting of that. And Mm -hmm. what he's doing is he's fulfilling the Passover there, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's, he's bringing to completion what, God had prepared in the Exodus story, right? Mm-hmm. There's, he's offering some definitive meaning mm-hmm. to that to that Passover meal. Mm-hmm. So, right by celebrating the Last Supper with his apostles in the course of the Passover meal, Jesus gave the Jewish Passover its definitive meaning. Like you said, Jesus passing over to his Father by his death and resurrection. The new Passover is anticipated in the supper and celebrated in the Eucharist, which fulfills the Jewish Passover and anticipates the final Passover of the church in the glory of the kingdom. Right. Awesome. Okay. Right. Yeah. Prepares us for that eternal Passover, mm-hmm. the wedding feast of the lamb, if you will, mm-hmm. right? You think mm-hmm. about the lamb, that image of the lamb goes throughout the Passover. Mm-hmm. Slaughtered, consumed. Jesus is the lamb of God that's mm-hmm. offered at mass, consumed by us. Mm-hmm. Right. 
All right, then these last few paragraphs. Do this in memory of me. The command of Jesus to repeat his actions and words until he comes does not only ask us to remember Jesus and what he did, it is directed at the liturgical celebration by the apostles and their successors of the memorial of Christ, of his life, of his death, of his resurrection, and of his intercession in the presence of the Father. So not just to remember it, but directed at the liturgical celebration. Mm-hmm. And not just the Last Supper, but the entire life, death, and resurrection of Christ is is made present through the mm-hmm. memorial of the Mass, right? Mm-hmm. So there we are at Calvary once mm-hmm. again. Not just the Last Supper, not just memorializing that, that moment, but in that is encapsulated, like Jesus transforms his offering on the cross to a meal. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what gets perpetuated, right? This sacrificial meal at Mass perpetuates not just the Last Supper, but also the the death and the resurrection of Christ mm. makes it present for us, mm. makes him present for us. From the beginning, the church has been faithful to the Lord's command. Of the church of Jerusalem, it is written, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They partook of food with glad and generous hearts. That's a quote, course quoting Acts chapter 2. So from the very beginning, this is what the church is doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we said we should do this. All right, mm-hmm. let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody in the church, like, actually living in the times of Jesus and, like, hey, he said we should do this. Ah, sounds like a terrible idea. Let's not. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> he had it wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, you think yeah. about how soon this happens mm-hmm. is the day of the resurrection, right? With the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. They go into that house and Jesus takes bread, he gives thanks, Mm -hmm. and that's when they recognize him, and then boom, he's gone. It's like, it's that quickly Mm -hmm. that Jesus is like, yeah, we're going to do this. It's Mm -hmm. three days later Mm -hmm. he does this, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he sets the the example, sets the tone. Right, right. It was above all on the first day of the week, Sunday, the day of Jesus' resurrection, that the Christians met to break bread. From that time on down to our own day, the celebration of the Eucharist has been continued so that today we encounter it everywhere in the church with the same fundamental structure. It remains the center of the church's life. Right, which is new. Remember, the Jewish Sabbath day is Saturday, the seventh day, the day that God rested after creation. Mm -hmm. But Christians then very quickly said the day of the resurrection is the day of the new creation. So it's also the first day of the week, right? The, the start of something new, but it's also, they call it the eighth day, right? The eighth day is the day of the new creation, right? Christ makes all mm-hmm. things new through his suffering, his death, his resurrection. And, and that's what they're, that's what we celebrate every Sunday. So mm-hmm. every Sunday is a, a mini Easter, right? A, mm-hmm. a mini day that we celebrate Easter, mm-hmm. which even as you're looking forward to Lent, right? That's why Lent, oftentimes you don't do your, your fasting on Sunday because mm-hmm. it's it's still a little mini Easter and let's celebrate mm-hmm. like like Easter. Mm-hmm. There's been a period in my life where you know I I uh, pray every uh, I pray every uh, Sunday you know pick a scripture to meditate mm-hmm. on and I would just pick one of the gospel accounts of the resurrection every Sunday like mm-hmm. that would be the mm-hmm. the uh, the focus of prayer and mm-hmm. you know it made sense mm-hmm. still does. Mm-hmm. Were you saying that that I was slightly distracted there? You'll excuse me. Um, were you saying by what? <laughs> Oh, for those of you that maybe are watching the video, I'm not sure that made this shot or not, but I got a little guy walking around the room. But anyway, yeah. um, were you saying, because we were talking about fasting on Sundays. Yeah. 
and how perhaps that's not the best thing to do even during Lent because it's a mini Easter. Sure, sure. How are you tying that into you reading the resurrection oh, stories? Oh, I just, you know, for prayer, right? To read oh, okay. the, the accounts of the resurrection okay. every Sunday can be a thing. I, I don't know what's happening, son, but... Okay, All we're the almost water done. bottles in the hat. Okay, go back that way. Oh, I am so sorry. Oh, this for is what? like really horrifying. This is like mass, you know? It's <sighs> like a mass, like as soon as you start the homily and a kid's got to go to the bathroom and they take him out and, yeah. you know, and somebody yells something. Yeah. I'm used to this. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're doing a really good job. Like, I, I'm having a jolly good time. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm in my natural habitat. And I'm like every parent at mass who's like horrified by right. everything that's happening. Right. And now you know my perspective. Hey, come here, AJ. <laughs> come here. Just want you to turn and wave to the camera. <laughs> you can't, good. That's perfect. Okay. All right. We got one last paragraph. Yep. Okay. All right. Thus, from celebration to celebration, as they proclaim the Paschal mystery of Jesus until he comes, the pilgrim people of God advances, following the narrow way of the cross toward the heavenly banquet when all the elect will be seated at the table of the kingdom. And that's every Mass, right? Where these people on the move, right? We gather to, in some ways, like, solidify to remember and to enact the fact that we are people on the move towards heaven, mm -hmm. right? We're journeying together. None of us are an Island, right? None of us exist only for ourselves, but we're mm -hmm. people on the move towards heaven. And that's mm -hmm. what we, that's what we gather every, every, every Sunday for and every time we get to go to mass. Following the narrow way of yeah. the cross. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. We should remove seats at mass just to emphasize this narrow way, right? Like just, Get some, get, move, remove uh -huh. some pews. Like only a few of you get in, right? <laughs> and then we'll, we'll put like a wide uh -huh. path to the donut shop or something, you know, mm. many. Will Just be. so that people really get the idea, the yeah, visual. There is a narrow way. There's a, there's the narrow yeah. gate. Make people like duck, duck through like this narrow gate. Yeah. This is actually reminding me of a dream I had last night, which was quite horrifying, Darn. but it had to do with this podcast. And it was time for this podcast, this, this one. This very podcast? This one. And we were all in the room getting ready to go. And then something happened and we left the room. And then we were in like the midst of this big city, this hustle bustle city with all yeah. this stuff. And then I got totally lost. I lost everybody. Didn't know how to get back to this room. Sure. So the rest of the dream was like me running into random people, trying to find my way back to get to this, to get to this podcast. At one point I found you, but then you walked so fast ahead of me. I lost you again oh, and got no. lost again. Wow. I woke up in like a, yeah. <laughs> like a sweat, like oh, I missed it. I don't know where I'm going. I'm <laughs> lost and I'm in the city and I don't know where I'm going. So anyway, <laughs> as horrifying as it's been having him, it wasn't as horrifying as that nightmare wow. last night. So. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> it's weird. So anyways, Do you normally have vivid dreams like that? No. <laughs> okay. Here's the funny thing. I haven't, I don't normally have vivid dreams like that mm -hmm. either, but like the last week I have. So one one day I I woke up in the middle of the night because in my dream I got punched in the face. Ooh, that was something. Last night I had a dream that my right knee got replaced. Like I had a mm. knee replacement surgery. I don't know where that came from. Was but, it sore when you woke up? Huh? It was not. It was not. <laughs> Why were you doing surgery? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody that you were teasing though about doing surgery yourself, just pulling out your pocket knife. So yeah, just wondering. Yeah. Like, oh, hi. Okay, thanks for cleaning oh, everything up. Clean. He's, He's ready, ready to, to go. go. <laughs> I guess we're kind of okay. wrapping up too. With that note. <laughs> we'll throw the dart and yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. I'm so proud of you. Okay. This is getting worse. Okay. Okay. We're going to throw the dart. Okay. I, for you listeners, I, 
I know many of you listening are parents, so you understand and you're laughing at home. I've, I've actually had this happen before. I've been up in my office recording podcasts, and I thought he's been like with his dad, and randomly I'm in the middle of recording, and the door opens, and he's walking in, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening, yeah. but my son You'll is here. You'll have that. So anyway. I- you know somebody that might appreciate this? I don't know if I did this shout out last week. But to my sister-in-law, yes. Amy, Amy, my sister-in-law yes. has started listening to the podcast. So Amy, I love you. Um, great having you in the family and uh, hopefully you get something out of this podcast. Yes. I did so. warn her when she said she was listening that she'll probably get a shout out. Yeah. Yes. Amy, I brought AJ today. So because I know right. you're a mama with kids and would appreciate it. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> but I do hope you Solidarity, appreciate it. Huh? So in two weeks when we're back, because we're going to take a week off. We are going to take a week off. Where are we going? Oh, the mystery of creation, 293 to 301. That sounds like fun. That does sound fun. Creation. 293 to 301. And we're going to end here with uh, John chapter 6, verses 47 through 51. Hit it. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh.